0: In July of 2004, along a dimly lit alley situated behind the Sinchon Grand Mart in Mapugu, Seoul, South Korea, 34-year-old Yoo Yang chol was waiting for an escort to arrive. Earlier on, he had engaged the services of an escort agency, seeking companionship for the night. However, he discerningly rejected the initial two candidates, deeming them too tall for his liking. As the minutes ticked by, the third woman emerged from a taxi. Yu's gaze fixated on her approach, but he was unaware of the other figures that lingered in the shadows. Inspector Yang from the Mobile Investigation Unit swiftly exited his police vehicle, launching into action as he apprehended Yu with a well-executed tackle. Despite Yu's formidable resistance, the efforts of the inspector prevailed and he was handcuffed on the ground. As Yu raised his gaze after the struggle, he found himself completely surrounded by a group of men. Not only uniformed police officers, but also an unexpected assembly of individuals from the escort agency. Among them stood Mr. No, the escort agency's head. Inside the police station, Yu was placed in the interrogation room. Across the table, an officer sat, clutching a piece of paper and fixing a steady gaze upon him. Yu Cho, the records indicate a link between you and a woman who's gone missing from a brothel. Do you have anything to say about that? Yu locked eyes with the officer and admitted, I did it. I killed four of them. A moment of silence lingered before another officer from across the room stepped forward, remarking, You know, you don't strike me as someone capable of murder. Officer, can I get a pen and a piece of paper? Yu Young Cho picked up the pen and started scribbling down what appeared to be a series of tally marks. Suddenly, the room fell into an uneasy stillness. Sir, this is how many people I've killed. Surprisingly, Yu then requested the presence of his family members for a formal confession. As his mother and sister entered the police station, tension enveloped the room. In a solemn admission of guilt, Yu confessed to the killings before his mother, but the gravity of his words overwhelmed her, causing her to faint instantly. In an effort to substantiate his confession, Yu agreed to accompany the police to the respective crime scenes and provide details. They began with the Gugidong crime scene, but when Yu was asked to identify the specific house in which the murders occurred, he led the investigators to another house in the vicinity and began giving them details inconsistent with the actual crime. This was when doubts started to creep into the minds of many officers. Many of them questioned whether Yu Yang Chol was indeed a serial killer, or merely a troubled individual that was wasting everyone's time. Following this, Yu found himself back in the police station for another round of questioning. However, as the interrogation unfolded, he began to experience convulsions, slipping off the chair and seizing on the floor. In a sudden rush, the officers filled with panic swiftly took off his handcuffs, flung the door open, and called for an ambulance. Catching a glimpse from the corner of his eye, Yu spotted the wide open door and the visible exit. At that moment, he made an immediate decision to dash for it, slipping away quietly, without attracting any notice. The truth is, Yu Young-chul had faked a seizure and exploited the ruse as a pretext to silently escape from the police station undetected. The officers, thrown into disarray by the perceived medical emergency, found themselves in a state of immediate panic. But it was too late. By now, Yu Yang had successfully melted into the shadows, leaving a bewildered and frantic police force in his wake. You're listening to Heinous, an Asian True Crime Podcast. Brought to you by Media Corp and produced by 1UP Media. This episode may contain sensitive details and graphic imagery. Listener discretion is advised. On October 16th, 2003, The lifeless body of Yoo Jun hee the 60-year-old wife of a millionaire, was discovered in her residence at Samsung dong Seoul. During that period, Yoo Young-chul's identity remained shrouded in mystery, and it wasn't until he was apprehended and brought to justice that the grim specifics of the incident were unveiled. On that fateful day, Yoo Young-chul resumed his ominous patrols through the affluent neighbourhoods of Seoul, seeking potential victims. Settling upon Yu Jun Hee's residence, he brazenly broke in, brandishing a knife and instilling terror by asking about other occupants in the house. When Yu Jun Hee replied that she was alone, he carelessly dragged her to the bathroom, and bludgeoned her to death. A month later, on November 18th, Yu Yang Chol targeted yet another upscale residence. Upon reaching the gate, he met the vigilant housekeeper, 53-year-old. Bae Ji-hae she asked for him to identify himself and his purpose of visit but in a chilling response Yu Young-chul brandished his knife and demanded directions to the master bedroom shortly after he swiftly entered the master bedroom where he came face to face with the homeowner 87-year-old Kim Jong-suk who was lying in bed without hesitation yu launched a vicious attack resulting in the tragic demise of kim Meanwhile, the housekeeper, Bei, held tightly to an infant under her care, attempting to shield the baby from harm. Despite her efforts, Yu forcibly wrested the child from her grasp, placing the infant on the sofa and covering it with a blanket. Tragically, he then proceeded to fatally stab Bei to death. With two deaths in the house, Yu hastily attempted to escape, but not before staging a robbery by forcing open a safe with a pickaxe. However, as he tried to pry the safe doors, an accidental cut occurred on his hand from a bent piece of metal. Fearing the trace of his DNA at the crime scene, he swiftly devised a cunning solution. A combination of newspapers and clothes were quickly placed around the housekeeper's lifeless body, which were then ignited by you. Within mere minutes, The room became consumed by flames as Yu yang discreetly retreated from the crime scene. However, he lingered outside the home and waited for the house to be destroyed by the fire. Fortunately, the fire did not completely reduce the house to ashes. But nonetheless, it had succeeded in destroying the bodies and the first-floor bedroom. The infant baby, who was heard crying loudly in the burning house, was later saved by the homeowner's daughter-in-law. During the latter part of 2003, a respite emerged in Yu Yang Cho's disturbing killing spree. The irrequired marked a temporary cessation in the intrusion of affluent family homes, creating a deceptive sense of calm. During this period, It was recorded that Yu had began a relationship with an escort girl and the two had shared living arrangements for approximately two months. However, when she learned about Yu's criminal history, educational background and previous marriage, she immediately terminated the relationship and demanded for Yu to remove himself from her life. Naturally, Yu was left heartbroken and shattered by these circumstances. Many believe that this particular event Coupled with the divorce from his ex-wife, acted as the catalyst that influenced his subsequent acts of violence. After the breakup with his girlfriend, Yu young Cho not only harbored disdain for the wealthy, but also developed an immense hatred towards women. It's reported that Yu young Cho often viewed women as objects that he could either manipulate or dominate. Yu would then channel these beliefs into his subsequent killings, and his victims were hand-picked, all with a specific focus. On March 16, 2003, Yu hired a 23-year-old sex worker named Quan Jin-hee under the pretense of a business trip massage. Quan was sent to the motel he was staying in, and when she arrived, Yu Young-chul grabbed her by the neck and ruthlessly strangled her to death. <laughs> Inside the bathroom, Yu put on some music and began to cruelly dismember her body. Kwon's head was severed and placed on a trash can for the blood to drain. Her limbs and torso were then removed and packed into 10 different plastic bags. When he was done, he called for a taxi to ferry him to a trail situated behind a local university. It was there that he carelessly disposed of the remains beneath the shade of a tree. For the next two months, spanning from May to July 2003, Yu Yangchul ruthlessly focused his attacks exclusively on escorts, with a disturbingly high number of victims. The chilling list of this crime spree includes at least nine lives taken. Each victim that was hired by Yu would meet a gruesome fate as he mercilessly bludgeoned them to death. Disturbingly, reports revealed that all the victims suffered the horrific aftermath of either decapitation or brutal dismemberment following their tragic death. The nine recorded victims spanning from 35 to 24 years old shared a common characteristic, their stature. You had realized that shorter individuals were more convenient to dismember and bury, a disturbing detail that connected all the tragic cases. Concern about the increasing and unexplained disappearances of escorts, the leader of the escort agency took it upon himself to delve into the reasons behind the missing girls. Little did Yu Yangchul know that despite his attempts to contact various escort agencies for his victims, almost all of these agencies could ultimately be traced back to a single individual, Mr. No. Upon further investigation, Mr. No discovered that a significant number of his girls had vanished after responding to calls from a number ending with 6523. A similar pattern emerged as he cross-checked with other escort agencies and massage parlors, revealing that their employees also disappeared after receiving calls from the same number. Alarm bells began to sound off in Mr. No's head. This could either be a big misunderstanding or the ominous onset of a grim revelation. It's July 16th, 2004, 10 hours after Yu Yangchul feigned a seizure and ran out of the police station. Records state that during this time, Yu sought refuge in a motel and procured at least 360 sleeping pills. Despite his attempts to evade capture, The police successfully located him, approximately 12 hours later, at a roundabout crosswalk in the city's red light district. Eerily, it appeared that just hours after escaping arrest, he was already on the prowl for a new victim. Upon his second arrest, Yu chose to come clean, revealing the details of all his crimes to the police. He admitted to engaging in hour-long conversations with his victims, delving into their personal lives before cruelly bludgeoning them to death. While in custody, Yu's story underwent multiple changes, yet he always agreed to lead the police to the locations of the bodies. Throughout this expedition, he was seen wearing a yellow raincoat and a mask to conceal his identity, earning him the infamous nickname The Raincoat Killer. Upon searching Yu's apartment, authorities reported finding a meticulously tidy and orderly space, along with an obsessively neat scrapbook. Disturbingly, Yu had previously claimed to have consumed the internal organs of four victims, citing reasons of spiritual purification or epilepsy cure. Though there is no concrete evidence which supports this claim, the corpses of the four victims were reported to be devoid of their internal organs. On September 6, Yu Yangchol made his first court appearance, facing charges for 21 counts of murder. Despite apologizing to the victim's families, he shockingly expressed no intention of halting his killing spree. On October 3, on the eve of his next court appearance, Yu attempted suicide by hanging himself from the wall fan in his cell, but was thwarted by station guards. October 25, witnessed a shocking courtroom moment when Yoo, in front of some of the victims' families, heartlessly declared that the women he killed deserved to be captured by him. Eventually, in June of 2005, Yoo young chol was found guilty of 20 counts of murder and sentenced to death. In February 1998, the then South Korean president Kim Dae-jung implemented a moratorium on all executions in the country. This temporary suspension, still in effect as of 2024, signifies a pause or delay in executions, rendering them practically abolished in South Korea. Today, two decades after receiving his sentence, Yoo young remains confined to Seoul Detention Center on death row, alongside 59 other inmates awaiting their death. Many criminal experts suggest that if South Korea were to decide to resume the death penalty, Yu Yang chol would likely be among the first to be executed. Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast, is brought to you by Media Corp and OneUp Media. This episode was produced and written by Guangjin, Edited by Alex. Narrated by Jason. Audio experience by Ethan Sam. Additional engineering by Ashley from 1UP Media. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one.